Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. We know your life will be changed for the better by listening to God's word. If you'd like to know more about Trinity Beaumont or contribute to our ministry, please visit www.trinitybeaumont.com. You guys are nice. Well, I'm so glad to be here with you guys. I mean, I'm here with you every Sunday, but I'm excited to get to share the word with you and to take you (laughs) on my journey. I always feel like I take you guys with me whenever I'm, um, maybe it's the Lord. He sets me up, but I feel like (laughs) the Lord always has me preach. I feel like when I'm going through things and I'm like, that's, that's a dirty trick. (laughs) I love him. We love each other. But that's it. It's just you have to be very transparent and very vulnerable because I'm not about to come up here and fake things like I like like I'm everything's 100 percent all the time because it's not anybody with me. It's not. Thank you. Thank you for the truth. The truth here. Um, but I am just so, so happy to be here with you guys. I just love to see you guys. Um, here in the house of God, it is literally, we are getting into the end times. Um, I know that they thought they were in the end times in, you know, in the Bible. <laughs> I'm really hoping that I'm right when I'm saying it's the end times now, because I might just be, you know, like them, like it's, it's not, but I feel like we've heard word after word after word that Jesus is coming soon. And so I, I do believe that he's coming soon. Soon is relative, I guess. <laughs> His time is different than ours. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be getting ready, right? That we shouldn't be doing the Great Commission, that we shouldn't be doing what he's asked us to do, that we shouldn't be diving deep into the word of God to hear what he has to say for us. Because this, uh, this word is alive and it's well. <laughs> And it's still doing things for us today. It's, it's giving revelation. It's, oh, you guys, it's good. But you know, I, I, I struggle. <laughs> I think you guys hear about all my struggles. So just hopefully you don't think anything about me. So it's fine if you do, because I get my validation from the Lord. But <laughs> I struggle sometimes to just sit down and read. But I think that I have come to the conclusion... <laughs> that that's because I focus on a checklist sometimes. Do you ever focus on a checklist? Like, uh uh-oh, I got to do that or I'm not a good Christian. And I think Andrew touched on that a little bit last week saying, Lord, I don't want to just be a good Christian. (laughs) I want to obey you. I want to follow you. I want to love you. Have you, have you guys read the Bible where all these people do all these crazy things that are not, they're sinning? Those people are not perfect, and they do some pretty crazy things. David watched a lady take a bath naked, (laughs) and then (laughs) he sent her husband out to, to the front lines to be killed, so then he could marry her. But guess what? (laughs) David is still called a man after God's own heart. He wrote the Psalms. He, everybody, everybody likes David. <laughs> he was so honorable to 
to the, his former leaders when they, he shouldn't have been. Everybody would have said, kill him, you know, get him, dishonor him, take your rightful place as king. <laughs> so, you know, there's hope for us. <laughs> I mean, that's just one guy, right? It's just one person in the Bible. There's many, many, many. Um, anybody heard of the, the show called The Chosen that has come out? If you haven't, you need to go look it up. It's phenomenal. It's so good. You will love it. <laughs> Andrew watched it all without me, so now I'm watching it uh, <laughs> with, with him again. <laughs> um, I was going, uh, I had a point. Oh, Peter, Peter always gets me in this show. Peter's always like, he's just like, <laughs> he want to fight. He's ready. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to get him. And his brother's like, calm down. If the Lord needed you to do that, he would have told you. <laughs> but Peter's always ready to get him. <laughs> I just think it's funny because it reminds me of some people I know. <laughs> just ready, ready, ready to do whatever. Come on, let's go, let's go. Oh, that's, that's Daniel. <laughs> I'll fight him. I'll fight him for you. I got it. I got you. I got you. <laughs> but it's so good. Like, there's so many different, it's, it's beautiful. You have to watch a show, but I'll just, just um, I'll, I'll tell you some more about it. <laughs> because it's beautiful because every single disciple is very, very different in their personality in the show. They depict them so differently which is so great for us because that means the disciples were not all um, outgoing, upbeat, extroverts who loved to talk to people and knew what they were doing and they were all very intelligent. <laughs> they were like you and me. Some of us are smarter than others. Some of us are uh, more outgoing than others. Some are quieter. They like their alone time, right? And so... When we're talking about discipleship, <laughs> I want you to know that you're not alone. <laughs> there was probably a disciple you could totally relate to. And so if Jesus picked those disciples, he has picked you. <laughs> He's picked you. And he gave us the great commission along with those disciples to go and share the gospel, right? And what is the gospel? <laughs> Jesus is the gospel. But what makes the gospel so good? Because if you were here when Peter Lewis came, he's from Upper Room, he talked about how people can, you can ask somebody on the street or at the store, hey, do you know who Jesus is? Yeah, I know who Jesus is. He died for me, blah, 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 blah. And there's no passion for Jesus in their heart. That doesn't move them for some reason, right? And I think this is his conclusion that we don't, we don't really, we don't meditate or even maybe we don't even understand initially why, why did he come? He did it. We know that part, right? But why did he come? There's so many reasons. I mean, you hear people just spout out things. There's so much stuff out there, which is good, but also can be very confusing <laughs> at some, at some points, right? You hear so many people say, oh, we were made for this. We were made for this. God made us for this. God made us just to worship him. God made us just to X, Y, Z. You guys fill in the blank. They have so many things that people say out there. But God made us and he wants to fellowship with us. He wants to be in union with us. 
He wants to love us. Think about how much we as a people, as humans, long for someone to love, whether it's our parents, whether it's a, a spouse, whether it's a brother or sister, a friend. I mean, we've all been lonely about one of those things or multiple of those things in our lives, right? How much more does our Father in heaven who made us long for us? And so he sent his son to die to come back into union with us because before this, we were walking, not us, but Adam and Eve, humans. We were walking in the garden of Eden with him every day in communion, in sync. And now as believers, we can do that again. And we're looking forward to him coming back so that we can see him in flesh because now Jesus has come in flesh. He was both God and man. <laughs> and we, he can relate to us fully. <sighs> it was good. <laughs> he is so good. So I want you guys to turn to 2 Timothy 4.6. Because I want to talk to you about this real quick. This is Paul. He said, as for me, my life has been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight and I've finished the race and I have remained faithful. We always like that verse, right? We're like, fight the good fight, finish the race. <laughs> Remain faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, Paul, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. <laughs> um, I don't know about you, but I have not looked forward to the Lord's appearing. I'm just gonna be, I'm gonna be honest with you guys. You can say, ooh, you can cringe at me, you can, you can agree, you can say, no, I have. But I have not. When people talk about the Lord returning, I say, yes, Lord, but maybe not yet. <laughs> When I was younger, it was, I need to have some kids first. <laughs> or when I was even younger, I need to get married first. <laughs> or I need to do this first. I have a dream, Lord, you know. <laughs> uh, but this, I'm going to, even if the word's hard, you got to read it, you got to do it, you got to live it, right? And so this says that we have to eagerly look forward to his appearing and love his appearing and long for his appearing. <laughs> I just never understood people who were like, yes, Lord, come back. And I'm like, no, <laughs> we're not ready, Lord. <laughs> but this right here is telling me <laughs> that a crown of righteousness awaits me. <laughs> If I'm loving and waiting and eagerly awaiting and look forward, looking forward to his appearance. But why does it say that? Because it's not just a posture of my heart just being like, oh, yes, Lord, I'm excited for you to come. It's, hey, I'm posturing myself in a stand. I'm ready. 
because every day I'm looking forward to your appearance. And so when something comes up and tries to tempt me, when something comes up and tries to hold me back or take me down, I'm going to say no. (laughs) Uh, He's coming. (laughs) And I'm looking forward to his appearance. And it could be any day now, any hour. And so I will not let that thing or that person, or that sin, or that mindset, I won't let it hold me back. Because everything that I do is going to be thinking and in perspective of that day. (laughs) And so the Lord, (laughs) Lord is so good. He's so good. He's telling us like, eagerly long for my appearance, eagerly long for me to come back. And you know what that says to me also? Not just that we should live every day because we're still missing a piece. There's a puzzle here. We're still missing a piece. Yes, long for his appearance. Yes, live every day as if he's coming back. But also (laughs) let him love you and live out of that love. Love him back. Meditate on him. I have been... I have, my whole life, okay, I've been a pastor's kid. You probably all know this. You, uh, you probably all know this. My dad's sitting on the front row. He pastored this church before we pastored this church. But you know, I've been in ministry my whole life. I've been in ministry. I've seen ministry. I've, whether I wanted to or not, I was in the ministry. Somebody was asking me to make a copy or they were <laughs> asking me to get this or get that or take this note to my dad or get this water bottle. I've been in ministry ever since I could remember. And I love it. Like I, I've, I never could think, I'm like, Lord, what can I do with my life? What should I do? You know, whenever you get to that point where you're like, trying to go to college and what can I, what should I do, Lord? What should, and I was like, I mean, the only thing that makes sense is I just keep doing ministry, right? I just, it just made sense. Just keep doing what you're doing. Just keep walking, taking that step of faith. People, people say, I don't know what I'm going to do when I grow up. I'm like, me neither. They're like, you're already grown. I'm like, look, the Lord has taken me step by faith, by step by faith, step by faith. So I don't know what's going to be next, what's going to be five years, 10 years, one year. I don't know what's going to be. <laughs> I'm not putting him in a box like that or myself. But I, we've been talking about, we've been reading a book as a staff about the judgment, the cleansing of God's house. And there has been a apparent shaking of his house. If you haven't noticed, there have been a lot of divides. People will walk out. There, I read a book, I read a book, I read a story in a book about a couple who came up to the pastor or the minister and said, hey, can you please, can you please uh, bless our relationship? And he said, well, are you living in sin? Are you guys um, actively having sex? Because if so, I cannot bless your relationship right now. Like you need to repent. You need to, to stop living like you're living. And they got angry with him and they left. And that's the day we're living in that people want to keep doing what they're doing, but also be blessed by the Lord. And I'm not saying that if you're stuck in a place, (laughs) I'm not trying to say like, we don't want you to leave. (laughs) We want you to get set free. Jesus wants you to get set free. 
And I'm not saying that if you mess up, it's time to leave. <laughs> this is the time to actually stay when you mess up. <laughs> but we live in a time that's very divisive and there is a, an apparent shaking of the church. People are going to fall away. The, the word of God says that people are going to fall away. And they're not going to follow the word anymore. They're just going to follow who they think God is. Whoever they dream up him to be, what he should do, that's what he's going to be for them. And so we're talking, sorry, I'm trying to get back on track. Back there. <laughs> but I, I've been ministry so long <laughs> that I never realized like, hey, I'm just working for God. <laughs> I'm just doing the work, doing the work, doing the work. Like, we have a relationship, obviously, but I feel like it's more of a working relationship. <laughs> it's more of working, like, he talks to me, I talk to him, but, like, it's, it's a working relationship. <laughs> and obviously, we have more than that. We have history. But what the Lord has been trying to get through to me is that <laughs> there has to be more of this than less of this. And that doesn't mean you guys are not important. That's not what I'm trying to say. <laughs> because this is good for you too. Because we're all commissioned, right? We're all called by the Lord Jesus Christ to do ministry in a sort of way. But we can't get stuck on just doing this and not doing this. Not ministering to him and letting him minister to us, but just ministering this way. The Lord will still work through you. <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it happen. The Lord will work through you. He works through willing vessels. But there, you're just... You're, it's not, you're going to get burnt out. People, we see ministers walk away from the faith every day. Big time ministers. And why do they walk away from the faith? Did they ever really have a relationship here? Or did they have some head knowledge and it was here? And then they weren't able to meditate and live in his love fully. So as disciples of Christ... We are commissioned. We are commissioned to go out and preach the word, preach the gospel. And I don't just mean with your words. I don't just mean stopping like on the street and saying, hey, you, you, do you know Christ? Do you know Christ? Do you know Christ? But with our words, with our lives, with our selfless acts, with laying down our lives for our friends, our family. Corinthians 13 isn't just for marriages. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and love isn't just for people you like. Love is for the people you don't like, the people that you think are weird, the people that you think smell, the people that annoy you, the people that call you nicknames that you don't want, the people... <laughs> been there. The people... <laughs> all the people... <laughs> And that's hard, guys. <sighs> that's hard. 
And so you have to make sure that you stay in fellowship with the Lord, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit. Because he wants to be with you. He wants to lavish his love on you. <laughs> oh, man. In Luke 14, 26 through 27... It says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own mother and father, in the sense, this is amplified, (laughs) shout out Becky, (laughs) in the sense of indifference to or relative disregard for them in comparison with his attitude towards God. So he's not actually saying, hate your parents, like God is obviously, nope, sorry. (laughs) And likewise, his wife, children, brothers, sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not persevere and carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. I heard Daniel Kalinda talk about, I don't remember where it's at. The guy who comes and says, hey, can I follow you? Jesus is like, yes, come, drop everything, come. And he says, no, 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 wait, I need to go and bury my father. <laughs> and I thought like Jesus was like, no, you got you to gotta come now. I was like, What? <laughs> Jesus, what the heck? <laughs> but when I listened to him preach about it, he was talking about how he, his father, it didn't necessarily say his father was on his deathbed. It just said, let me bury my father and in doing so get his inheritance so I have some money to travel and follow you with. <laughs> so the implications here is I don't, I, I need to make sure and take care of myself. And don't we do that too? <laughs> We need to take care of ourselves. We need to make sure we, we, go to, you go, we go to our job. We need to make sure we got a good job, that we provide for ourselves, for our family. And, and the Bible does say, talk about that, so I'm not, I'm not knocking that. But he wanted to make sure he was taken care of before he went and followed Jesus. And Jesus said, no, come now. Don't worry about that. Follow me. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to provide for you. (laughs) His life would have been completely different had he just left. And that's what all the disciples did, right? They put down what they were doing. They all had jobs. Y'all thought they were just hanging out down at the street, you know, at at the basketball court, just hanging out, waiting for something to do. They had jobs, businesses, careers. They helped their fathers with their businesses, And they dropped what they were doing and they followed Jesus. And so if today you have not dropped what you, your past, if you haven't dropped your past and those people that influence you and those things that are, that, that you just seem to, oh, I can't let go of that. You got to drop it. You got to drop those things. You got to follow him. Pick up your cross, follow him, persevere. I'm not saying it's easy. (laughs) I'm saying it's worth it. It's worth it. Because when you you start to meditate on Christ and who he is and his face (laughs) and his hugs (laughs) and how he loves and how he heals and how he set free, he set you free, he set other people free, 
(laughs) When you begin to meditate on those things, I just always close my eyes and I think of Jesus smiling at me. He's smiling at me. And if you don't think that Jesus is smiling at you because you feel ashamed for something you've done, don't even let the devil trick you like that. Because Jesus is smiling at you. And he loves you. He died for you. When he was on the cross, he was in the middle of two thieves. Thieves, right? They were thieves. One didn't care. He was ready to die, I guess. The other one said, forgive me. He was gone. I don't know. He, didn't, he had a hard heart. The other one had a soft heart. And he said, forgive me. And he said, I'm going to see you today in paradise. I'm going to see you today. He didn't care about that stuff that he had done in the past. He just cared that he was willing and obedient and said, hey, I surrender to you. Like, And Jesus said, like, that's all. And we make it something that it's not. <laughs> this is a good beat. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we make it something that it's not. <laughs> when, we, when we say, like, oh, we have to read our Bible this many minutes, we have to pray this many minutes, and we have to do this this many minutes, and we have to, we have to do this and this and this, or the Lord is really disappointed in us. Guess what? <laughs> what you do is not how the Lord sees you. It's not what he sees. He sees the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm not saying you shouldn't do those things, but you need to do those things out of his love for you. <laughs> You are the righteousness of God in Christ. So if any one of you in here is living in shame and condemnation, not feeling good enough or worth it, or not feeling you've done enough, that's not the place that the Lord wants you to live out of. Because that's not actually where you are. You're all, you're, this is what I told someone last year. You, <laughs> you're standing as if you're in chains. And maybe the chains feel like they're waiting your arms and your body, but the chains are unlocked. (laughs) And you're free. So you just have to get up and go. You have to get up and walk. You have to get up and do whatever that next step is. Because the Lord has unlocked those chains. You are a new creation in Christ. (laughs) We are born again of the spirit. Our spirits are renewed. Our bodies, obviously, we're not different yet. But we're renewed. Our spirit is saved, born again. All right, I'm going to keep going, guys. (laughs) John 8, 31 through 32 the Amplified says, so Jesus said to those Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, which means hold fast to my teachings and live in accordance with them, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. When we know Jesus, he sets us free, doesn't he? 
And it's not some complicated thing. I always try to make it too complicated. And I'm sure some of you do too. I'm like, oh, I need an answer for this. Is there like a prayer or like a person or like, (laughs) no, it's Jesus. There is a person. His name is Jesus. And he is the answer. And it sounds too simple, too good to be true, but it's not. (laughs) He is the answer to every problem that you have and that you face. He is the answer. So anytime you're confused, you're lonely, you're struggling, you go to him. You focus on him. You let him love you. You go into your word and you look at those scriptures that say that he loves you. You focus on his love for you because that's why he came to the cross. He came to the cross because he wanted, he loved you, each and every one of you, and he wanted to be in union with you. Matthew 28, 19. So therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age, till he come and back. In John 17, 3, and says, is this is the way to have eternal life. Eternal life, we, we have in our salvation, when we said, Lord, you're my king, I give you my life, forgive my sins, I want to be born again. Yes, we are going to live eternally with him, because we already have an eternal life of some sort, right? We're spirits. But we're going to live with him. If we gave our lives to Jesus, But this is the way to have eternal life, true eternal life, and life more abundantly, (laughs) to know the only true God, Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. And so just to know him and to let him love you is so good, you guys. It's, It's too good, too good to be true, right? I'm going to go to this one. In Luke 17. seventeen twenty. One day the Pharisees asked Jesus, when will the kingdom of God come? And Jesus replied, the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. You won't be able to say here it is or it's over there for the kingdom of God is already among you. And then he said to his disciples, the time is coming when you will when you will long to see the day when the Son of Man returns, but you won't see it, people will tell you, look, there is the Son of Man, or here he is, but don't go out and follow them. For as the lightning flashes, lights up the sky from one end to the other, so it will be on the day when the Son of Man comes. But first the Son of Man must suffer terribly and be rejected by this generation. And when the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. And in those days, the people enjoyed banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his boat and the flood came and destroyed them. This sounds really dark and dim, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just what it is. And the world will be as it, is in the, as it was in the days of Lot, when people went about their daily business, eating, drinking, buying, selling, farming, building, until the morning Lot left Sodom. Then fire and sulfur rained down. Yes, it will be business as usual right up to the day when the Son of Man is revealed. And on that day, 
person out on the deck of the roof must not go down into the house to pack, and a person in the field must not return home. Remember what happened to Lot's wife. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. If you let your life go, you will save it. That night, two people will be asleep in one bed, and one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding flour together at the meal, and one will be taken and one will be left. And you know, I... When I was a kid, there was a song that talked about this. I don't remember. Do you guys know that song? I'm trying to remember how it goes. But it talks about, like, someone being taken and the other being left. And whenever the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, returns, you want to be the one taken. And you want to make sure that you take the person who's going to be beside you and the person next door and the person down the street, all your neighbors, your family and friends, right? Right? You don't want there to be one left behind. And so that is why we are commissioned to preach the gospel and to live out that love of Jesus Christ. Because you don't want to be left behind and you don't want others to be left behind. He is so good, you guys. He is so good. I know that a lot of you guys... I know that you guys want more. And I think that you ask God like, hey, I want more, I want more. I mean, I've done this too. (laughs) I want more, I want more, I want more. And then you feel like nothing. (laughs) Anybody ever felt like that besides me? Thank you, thank you. I think that the more of him, the more that we are wanting, it's just him. And I think we're complicating it too much. And I think as we focus, literally just focus on him and who he is, it's, you're going to get that more that you're seeking. Because out of intimacy with him, revelation is always going to flow. Revelation's always going to come out of intimacy with him. Okay, I have just a couple more notes. I know I'm just very quick today, but just is. Matthew 10 also says other things that we're supposed to do. <laughs> he sent out the disciples. He said, hey, basically he sent them out without anything. It was like, trust me <laughs> or trust the father, you know? <laughs> we're like, I, we would be like packing four bags and like trying to get down the road and having extra money. You got to get the cash out the ATM, you know? (laughs) He said, don't even have extra money in your belt. Like, don't take a huge backpack. Like, just go. And what you're going to do is you're going to heal the sick. You're going to raise the dead. You're going to cleanse those that have leprosy. You're going to drive out demons. And he said, freely you have received, freely you give. And that's him. That's his heart. Whatever he told his disciples, that's his heart. You receive freedom, and then you're able to give it to others. Show others that way, right? It's so good, you guys. Um, Did I already do this one? No, I don't think so. Maybe I did. I don't think I did. John 15 says, 15.5, I am the vine and you are the branches. Maybe I did do this one. Did I not? I don't know what happened. 
I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apartment from me, you can do nothing. And me, being the crazy girl I am over here, think I can just build and do things and I can just do... I'm not trying to do it without God. It's just... <laughs> just seems like God's way is slower. <laughs> just being honest, guys. Do anybody ever feel like this? <laughs> just seems harder. <laughs> We have Google, you can figure things out. <laughs> Everything's figure outable, right? But the Lord has ways to do things, and He has ways that seem crazy but are actually amazing. We're trying to build a house, and we haven't been able to build it yet. But I I keep telling myself and I keep feeling like the Lord is telling me, like, hey. It's going to happen when it's supposed to happen in the way it's supposed to happen. And you have to just keep trusting in that walk, in that step, in that timing. Because he's, he's my provider. I could try to make it happen, but what if I try to make it happen and everything screws up because I try to do it in my own strength? My, my verse, my theme, if there is a verse for right now has been, when I am weak, he is strong. And that's how we got to live, like weak. Because we always try to be strong, 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 you know? I got to stay tough. I got to provide. I got I to gotta help my family. I got to be there for them. I got to stay strong. You have to be, let yourself be weak and surrendered. The, Carrie always trying to be making me cry and stuff by singing, make room. <laughs> I know it's hard. I'm just kidding. It's probably the Holy Spirit. But that song has got me like the last two or three times because literally the Lord is like, you have to make room for me to do what I want to do because I'm not going to barge in and do it. I, we, sometimes we think the Lord is just going to barge in and just clean house. Like, whoop, 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 whoop. there he goes. No. The Lord, you have to say, Lord, help me with this. You have to be surrendered. You have to be vulnerable, weak. <laughs> you have to be surrendered to him. And that's hard. Nobody wants to do that, especially certain personalities. <laughs> Sometimes, some of us are strong personalities. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Nobody wants to do that. We want to do it ourselves. We want to figure it out. And I'm not saying the Lord didn't put some of that in you because, you know, there are people who can figure stuff out and this, some of this is God. But he's got to lead you and guide you every step that you got to take. Because he's, he's going to know the best way, even if it looks like a shortcut, a failure, even if it looks like... So, okay, let me just tell you. <laughs> I was just watching the, the, the producer, I guess there's a producer, director, I don't know. I'm not in Hollywood, guys of the chosen and he's a baptist guy funny he's funny that's why i'll tell you why in a minute i'm just getting ahead of myself in my head you ever read ahead you know like whatever anyway that's how i do with my mind i just need to keep going okay so he's the producer of the chosen he went to he went and got a job the lord got him a job at a church and he was supposed to produce like films for them because they they wanted to do films so they hired him on he said they were not ready for that <laughs> So he, you know, just ended up being, like, working at the church, serving in an area, you know, like, probably production or something like that. And he finally said to them, like, hey, guys, um, I just really need to make some films. Like, can we make one for Christmas Eve? And they were like, yeah, sure, we can do that. 
So they made a short film for Christmas Eve for their church. So a year later, see how God's timing is? What the heck? A year later, after they made that film, almost a year later, some guys came up to him and said, hey, we want to get in the movie industry, the faith-based movie industry. We saw your short film for your church. We really want to, we want you to be, we want you to make these films for us. So it was some people who made horror films and some people who did WWE, LOL, hilarious. So they wanted to get into the faith-based movie industry and make some money off of us, you know, whatever. And so he, he comes to them with a script and he's, and they said, yes, we love this. We're going to let you keep all the control. We don't know nothing about this, you know? So the day comes and he had, they have several more movies lined up. He's excited. He's about to make it big in Hollywood. You know, this looks like the Lord, right? Faith-based movies. Woo. Like this is the Lord. (laughs) And they release the movie and it basically tanks and everybody just drops out, pulls out. Just, we're done. Nope. Faith-based movie industry, not for us. <laughs> and so he has to go home to his wife <laughs> and he's upset and heartbroken because he went from big time movie director to nothing again. And, and so that looks like a failure, right? It looks like, oh, the Lord didn't provide for me. He didn't, he didn't help me. He didn't make everybody go to the movies and see that movie, you know, like... <laughs> What did we, what did we miss? You know, but his wife got two different words. I think that they were, um, five loaves and two fish and God does impossible math. He's and this is the funny part, guys. He says, we're Baptists. We don't audibly hear the voice of God. So he's like, but this is as close as we could get to hearing the voice of God. I was like, LOL. That's hilarious. So, so some guy, like two weeks later, messages him in the middle of the night. He, he barely knows this guy. And he says something like, hey, you provided the five loaves and two fish. The Lord is going to, he's going to feed them. Like he's going to do the rest. <laughs> he was like, whoa, were you listening in on my wife, me and our conversation? Like what's happening? So then this other company, maybe like even a year later, he does another short film, another company, like a year later, comes to him and says, hey, we like what you just did. And, and he gives him, I think, what would have been the chosen, maybe like a pilot or something. And he says, we really want to do this with you, but we want to do crowdfunding. And he was like, oh, it's going to fail. <laughs> fail again. Crowdfunding is like whenever you put something online and everyone, like all of us would fund it instead of one investor like the whole world, whoever's online funds it. So they do marketing and stuff for for the online, but people give. And the biggest crowdfunding um, that had ever been done, I think, was like $5.9 million. And that was like somebody who was really famous. famous. So he said, all right, we'll try it. <laughs> and they started crowdfunding and they raised $10 million. And when he got to $10 million, his, his wife said, God does impossible math. And so all of that to say, as we walk with the Lord and have faith each step of the way, those failures that look like failures, like, oh, I would have just kept doing that. If he had kept doing those, video, those movies, they probably wouldn't have made uh, an impact. We probably would have enjoyed them, you know, pretty well. But would they have made an impact and told the gospel in such a real impactful way around the globe? No. This is, it's so 
vital that we listen to the voice of God and follow him, whether it looks like failure, (laughs) whether it looks like detours, stop signs, construction (laughs) on you probably, whatever it looks like, we have to follow him. We are his disciples. And what that means is that we follow him. And so if we're just, we're petering it and trying to go off our own way, like, Lord, I'm going to do it myself. (laughs) That's not what he's asking you to do. We have to live with every day with his coming in mind. Every day with his coming in mind. Following him every day. Listening to him every day. And we're supposed to be being discipled by Jesus, but it's also great to have a mentor, a pastor, a leader, and we're supposed to be discipling others. So if you don't have anybody in your life that you can even just, even just say, hey, come along with me (laughs) to church, even if that's the least you can do, you're still sharing. You're still living. You're still trying. God is just asking you to take these steps, these, even if they're small steps, small steps every day. You know that small steps in the wrong direction, not great, right? They're going to take you way far off, even if they're small. If you keep making those small steps in the wrong direction, you're going to be over there eventually. Small steps in the right direction, they might not seem like much, just like small steps in the, the wrong direction might not seem like much. But eventually, let me just put this down. Small steps in either direction are going to be way far apart once you start walking. Amen. So it's not, it just might to your mind seem like, oh, it's just a few small steps, but you're going to keep, keep stepping and keep stepping. So even if you make those small steps, keep going. Even if you make a correction and go the wrong way, keep going. Correct yourself. Let the Lord correct you. Stay humble. It's not about you. It's about him and what he's asked you to do. Can I have the band come up? I know it's like super early and I, you know, didn't preach for eight years, but (laughs) I just want, if you... (laughs) I don't even, we're going to have the prayer team come up, but you don't have to pray with someone. You can, you don't have to pray with someone. You can pray by yourself. You can lay on your face. You can be at the altar. You can lay in the back. You can sit at your chair. You can kneel at your chair. I just want you to meditate on Jesus, to talk to Jesus, to see Jesus. Even if you, all you do is sit there thinking of Jesus smiling at you. I don't care. That's, that's awesome. You're letting his love into your heart. You're letting walls break down. It's, it's, it seems simple. It seems stupid in some ways, but you're letting him come in and just, his love just shine on you. And he just wants to love you. He wants for you to feel that affection. You gotta, just got to watch The Chosen. It's so good. Jesus is just like, their Jesus is great. If their Jesus is great, real Jesus is going to be way better. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like when he looks at the disciples and he tells them stuff and he grabs them by their neck, you know, like manly way. <laughs> he just is, he loves them so much. And so how much more is Jesus wanting you 
to just sit and meditate and be with him. So if you need, if you need to just say, you need someone to pray with you, you said like, hey, I've really gone astray. I really need help. I need freedom. Like those people that were, they're going to be down here ready to pray with you maybe in a minute if they can <laughs> have anybody to pray with people. <laughs> but <laughs> if you just want to be with Jesus, that's okay too. Um, if you want to receive Jesus for the first time ever, or if you just didn't understand when you were small and you want to receive Jesus again, because <laughs> now you get it. <laughs> You get that Jesus loves you and he died for you and why he did it, because he wanted to be in union with you. He wanted to be together with you. That's okay too. All of it is okay. If you want more, anything, you can come down and talk to these prayer partners. They're amazing. All right, go. just want you, Jesus. Oh, nothing else will do. Oh, we just want your presence and who you are. And If you guys just stand to your feet and let's just honor him right now.
Yeah. 
If anyone is battling in their mind, like, should I go for prayer? Shouldn't I go for prayer? Should I? No. Yes. No. I shouldn't. No. It's going to be too much. (laughs) You need to come down here because the Lord is calling you. The enemy does not want you to get prayer. He does not want you to surrender. So if you're battling in your mind and your heart is racing, we all have been there. He's calling you, and he's not scary. Surrender is sometimes scary, but he's not scary. He's the safest, safest place you could be. So if you're, if that's you, I just want to see you come down. I want you to get freedom. I want you to get closer. I want you to take that next step with him. Gary's going to sing one more time, and then we're going to dismiss. So you have a little bit. <laughs> But make up your mind and come. <laughs> Fear has to bow. Oh, freedom is here. Oh, shame has to go.
Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, for what you have done today, what you're going to continue to do in the hearts of each and every person in this room, that you're just going to continue drawing them and shining your face upon them with your love and affection. Father, let us just remember that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And that we don't have to strive or work or do a checklist just to get your approval or your love or your blessing or anything like that. But that we just need to sit. Or walk. (laughs) As throughout our day, just meditate on you. Just think about you. Your stories about you. You're in your word. Songs about you. Father, we just surrender our lives. We're making room for you, little by little. Each day, each hour, each minute. Lord, let, let your, just let Holy Spirit just move <laughs> through their days. Jesus, just be perpetually in their thoughts and just shower your love upon them as we go. Thank you, Father, that you've just done something here today that might be seen or unseen, and we thank you for those things. We are excited for your coming, and we're excited to see more miracles, signs, wonders in our lives, in our church, in our community, in our world. We look forward to those things, just being with you, being close, partnering with you. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're so honored to have you here as always and we cannot wait to see you next week or at a gather group this week Uh, go love God love people and lead well